Hey everyone, live from New York City, I'm Jay Dombeck and this is Sports In-Depth. What's up folks, it's JD here. Uh, live in the studio, Houston just beat Oregon State 67-61. to Houston looked like the better team. Oregon State did have a run, a big run here in the second half, but to win college basketball games, you have to defend, you have to rebound, and you have to hit your free throws. Now, offensive boards was Houston's friend today, and Oregon State, I'm going to go through the box score a little bit for you guys because I'm not okay with a few things. The center for Oregon State had one defensive rebound on the evening. Not okay. And Ethan Thompson, their best player, 3 for 12 from the field, 0 for 2 from beyond the arc, and 5 for 8 from the free throw line. That's not going to get it done against a team that shoots a high percentage from downtown, grabs offensive boards, and they make layups, you know. Uh, layups are huge and what what Houston's so good about folks and I, I was joking around earlier about this they pass up good shots to get great shots find their shooter in the corner cross court pass to a side pocket shooter top of the key and, and they're ready to shoot they shoot with confidence they're coached well first final four appearance since 1984 and if you ask me Houston is the better team out of them in Oregon State But Oregon State, I thought, was real hot coming into this game. And, you know, they did knock off Loyola Chicago this weekend, but it's been a road where Houston, uh, they're destined. They got a few good players. It's tough to see Ethan Thompson struggle today in the studio on Monday night because against Loyola Chicago, he played excellent, 22 points. And I know Loyola Chicago does not have the defense of Houston, but I felt Ethan Thompson was uncomfortable on the offensive end. He had a few layups late and a few key free throws down the stretch. But when you're missing them early and you're relying on your team and when the three ball's not going, offensive boards, I mean, I mentioned, you know, not being able to collect it when Houston was on offense, but... On their side of the floor, Oregon State was barely able to get a second-chance opportunity for themselves. If the other team is having second-chance opportunities, you must as well. Getting to Saturday, you know, I touched on Oregon State beating Loyola Chicago, but moving on to Villanova-Baylor. It was a tale of two halves, folks. Villanova was up seven at the break, but they were outscored 39-21 in the second half, and that's not going to make Coach Jay Wright happy. Uh, I think Baylor, like Houston, keeps the ball on their end of the floor, and it all started with Flagler with 16 points for Baylor on uh, Saturday, but I don't know. Baylor, these one seeds seem dominant, the, the ones remaining. I mean, Baylor's really nice. Gonzaga just straight up doesn't lose, and, and I want to see them lose more than anyone. Um, we have a two-seed Houston, as I just mentioned, and uh, yesterday, you miss Jawan Howard just turning up against the Florida State Seminoles, 76-58, to and I was listening a little bit to the postgame, and I learned a lot last night, and I wanted to talk about also Michigan. Gonzaga, these guys fall in the category of passing up good shots for great shots. 
First of all, Michigan, uh, the Wolverines play big. And a lot of the time, their size, they overmatch the other squad. Compare them to UCLA because that's who they'll see next. You have to rebound and not turn the ball over. UCLA's got to keep an eye on that. Coach Mick's doing a phenomenal job. I thought that was a big-time win on Sunday evening against Alabama. Knocking off a two-seed and you're an 11-seed, you're in the play-in games. Credit to Coach Mitch. Credit to Jaquez Jr. 17 points, 8 boards, 3 assists in the victory. And I give UCLA a lot of credit. They weren't rattled going into overtime. Alabama knocked down a big-time three with time expiring in regulation. UCLA said, okay, we'll outscore them in OT 23-13. to And 40 points combined in OT is a hell of a lot of points, folks. So UCLA was on the better end of that, and I'm really happy for them and Coach Mick just doing a phenomenal job. We touched a little on Michigan, Florida State. Gonzaga Creighton, not much to talk about there. The Zags won by 18. Just playing pretty dominant basketball. Uh, on the offensive end, they are playing well. They're a high-scoring team. And defensively, they rebound. Not a lot of second-chance opportunities like Oregon State. They gave Houston tonight second-chance opportunities. When you don't give the other team second-chance opportunities, you're in really good hands. That's what these number one and two seeds do. Oregon State's a number 12 for a reason. They might have been hot in this tournament, and I like how they play. But there's a difference between them and the top dogs, and we saw that here tonight. Moving on to a little bit of the Oregon Ducks against USC. This is a game where USC was up start to finish. You know, I like Isaiah White. He had 22 in the ball game, And Evan Mobley, you know, he's a good, good player. Charles Barkley and Kenny the Jet Smith were joking about this coming game with USC and Gonzaga. And Chuck thinks Gonzaga has the three best players in the ball game, but I disagree. Mobley's right there with Drew Timmy. He's right there with Kispert. And he's right there with my boy Jalen Suggs, who could be the number one overall pick if it isn't Cade Cunningham. So this is going to be a high-scoring game, I think. Both teams drop in the 80s constantly, and especially in this tournament. And I think we're going to see a high-scoring ball game. Even good defense, these guys make big-time shots. We have professional athletes in this college game uh, that's coming up tomorrow. And that's a lot to be said. We got guys pro-ready, and they're, they're doing it on the biggest stage here in March. I wanted to talk about the game later tonight. We're rolling in the studio. 9:57 tip. Arkansas against Baylor and Baylor just on a season 25 and 2. It's just stupid what they're doing. And what's good about Baylor? They limit you to 60, 65 points in the game, but they also they drop 80. So, they're a team that they're going to score a lot tonight. I think if Arkansas is trying to win here this evening, they're going to have to score early and often. And if they do that, they can beat Baylor. But if you ask me, another number one seed is going to be moving on. And that's all because of Jared Butler averaging a little more than 16 points on the season. So, shout out yourself, young man. 
Yeah, and Tuesday's matchups, we touched upon them both. I wanted to talk about Michigan's coaching staff and what Jawan Howard emphasizes. I love how they play basketball. Some guys fall in love with the three and they think, this is how we're going to win games. This is how we're going to go on those 12-2-14-2-15-1 runs. But how you do that? is you pass up, as I mentioned earlier, a good shot for a great shot. And in Michigan's case, it's sometimes a good layup for a great layup, a contested layup, bounce pass in the lane, looking for others. The good part about Michigan, the team is not selfish. Very unselfish group, and that's what Jawan Howard emphasizes. Part of the Fab Five himself had a lot of success at this school as a player and as a coach. I love, I absolutely love what he's doing, and I cannot wait for this matchup tomorrow. I don't know who I want to win, because UCLA's rolling. They're a good March story, and I love Coach Mick. But how about Juwan Howard trying to get it done as a coach for his own school? It's a beautiful story we have tomorrow, and I think it's going to be tight tighter than people are thinking because yeah you do have an 11 seed who had to play in to get into this tournament against a one but you guys know what march is about folks it's about anyone can beat anyone and if you're shooting at a high percentage if you're running the floor if you're retaining offensive boards kick out for three layups and a lot of high percentage looks You can beat anyone. UCLA, they are proving that. And we got a really, really good game tomorrow. I'm excited. I think the Final Four is off to a good start already with Houston because they're a team. I mentioned earlier, offensive boards and can shoot the three and can take it to the hole. They're hard to guard. And Michigan, Baylor, Gonzaga, we got some good teams left. We're in for a treat and we're in for good basketball from now till the very end. Moving on a little to the NBA, a few off-season moves. I know we're really locked into March, but we don't want to forget what's going on. They're passing that orange around in the NBA, too. So, post-All-Star break, kicking into full gear for most teams. The Lakers, as I mentioned last week, they're without LeBron and AD. Good news for the Lakers, they added Andre Drummond, a center, a rim protector, a rebounder, someone who could finish around the cup. I think that's awesome. And Brooklyn, they're just having a party in New York City. I don't know what is going on. Everyone wants to join. Their starting five as of now looks like LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. That could be five starters for the All-Star game. So everyone wants to be in Brooklyn. They're in a win-now mentality. If you want a ring, just head to New York City. And I think they have a chance of really getting there. If we have a healthy Laker group, if we have a healthy Brooklyn group, I think it's going to be a really good matchup in the NBA Finals. But those offseason moves were pretty important. I thought Brooklyn made those moves first, and I think the Lakers were like, We got to get Drummond. We need size. And if we match up in the finals against Brooklyn, we got to match their effort, match their size, and match their shooting ability from the perimeter. So uh, I think both teams made good moves. We'll see how this unfolds in the postseason. A little touch on baseball. We got opening day Thursday, folks. New York's in really good hands. Mets and Yanks both play. New York Mets against the Washington Nationals. 
What a pitching matchup, folks. Jacob deGrom against Max Scherzer. Must-see TV. And then we got Garrett Cole on the bump in the Bronx to start things off at 1 o'clock against Ryu and the Toronto Blue Jays. So... Good games to start the season, good pitching matchups, might not be a lot of runs scored, but uh, I'm really excited for baseball. This is going to be a good season. I genuinely believe that because a lot of teams can win. Contrasting with the NBA, it looks like Lakers, Clippers, and Brooklyn can win. In the MLB, we got eight to 10 teams that can do it. So really excited. Hope everyone enjoys. And that's a little wrap on pro baseball for you. Let's keep it rolling. The show will continue to roll as we know. And uh, JD every week, JD on Tuesday, and JD out.